0: Welcome to the Investor Den Blueprint to Financial Freedom Podcast, where we dive deep into the minds of the biggest and most successful entrepreneurs, passive income investors, and capital raisers in the world. Our mission is to equip you with the essential tools, the mindset, and the skill sets necessary to conquer yourself, transform your life, and master your finances. Join us as we unravel the secrets and the strategies and wisdom of these industry experts, providing you with the invaluable insights and action steps that you can start implementing today. It's time to reclaim control of your time, allowing you to live a life of unrivaled success, happiness, and fulfillment. Get ready to unlock a world of growth and abundance that awaits you. Welcome to The Investor Den, blueprint to financial Freedom Podcast, where your journey towards financial empowerment begins. All right, so welcome to another episode of Investor Dem Blueprint to Financial Freedom. Uh, we have a very, very special guest uh, with us today. Uh, she has an amazing uh, and very impressive uh, resume uh, in real estate with uh, with a lot of different uh, streams of income and i'm very excited to to jump into it and, and and have her share her story her journey with us uh just so that we can actually begin to to learn how many different ways the you know we can make money in this business and so without any further ado i wanted to introduce uh tamara Mutri to our to our audience welcome thank you so much for taking the time and uh welcome to our podcast
1: Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate you having me to get on to uh, share what I have to offer.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, when we were speaking briefly at the the beginning of our meeting here, uh, you know, I was expressing how, uh, you know, uh, what what an impressive, um, you know, resume you have. And I love your story, how you basically left uh, corporate America uh, you're uh, you're a teacher at one point is that correct yes and, and so yeah if you could just honestly just walk us through it uh, you know take us all the way back you know what made you uh you know uh, make that change and how was it that you had the courage that I, I know a lot of people are looking for to take that leap and believe in yourself and uh, and follow yeah. your dreams
1: I'm so glad that you put it that way because a lot of people have that fear factor. And when I tell you that a lot of people let fear get in the way and it ends up being the biggest regret of their entire lives. I do wanna say to you though, that I think my confidence level is just really different from everyone else's. And I just always have been my biggest cheerleader. Whether anybody else was rooting for me or not, I've always felt like I could win. And I think that that is always the number one thing that has kept me successful all the time is that I just always
0: felt like I could win. Yeah. You know, honestly, you have to, you have to have that. And that's one thing that I see as a common thread uh, with, with successful entrepreneurs that I, that I meet is that self-confidence and, you know, I, um, i just had a conference last week and one of the things i talked about there's a saying that uh you know self-confidence comes from the promises you keep to yourself and i find that to be true in a lot of entrepreneurs that are now successful the more promises you keep to yourself and you can start with little things uh even something as simple as you know waking up and going to the gym in the morning or going for that walk in the morning or making that phone call that you've been avoiding making and just doing these little things that you start to build that confidence level, you know, one, one level at a time. And then the big, the big wins start to stack up. So I, I love that. I love, I love that you, that you brought that up because, you know, you have to have that confidence.
1: Yeah. So, so what ended up happening is um, obviously I went to college to um, initially be in computer science, but when I got into my major, the math got too difficult for me and to be honest I come from a a background of education professionals so I ended up being an education math uh, master thinking that uh, that was going to be an easier task when it ended up being more work however it kind of fit my personality so it did work out for quite some time. But once I got into the field, I started having some behavioral issues out of my son. And um, of course I had control over my own classroom, but I, I didn't have control over my son. And sometimes we do have to put our family first and leave our careers. So I couldn't do what I needed to do with being in the classroom and getting phone calls from my son's teacher saying that he was misbehaving in class. So I I didn't quite know where I was gonna go or what I was gonna do, but I knew I needed to figure something out. And I didn't have a plan of action until uh, I kept hearing my older brother tell me that I needed to get into real estate. And at that point in time, I had no clue about what he meant about getting into real estate because getting into real estate could mean a multitude of things, but I just didn't know. But I I quickly ended up figuring it out through my own trial and error research. I ended up um, becoming a real estate investor first. That was my first step. And how I did that was I actually uh, bought a home. So I bought a primary residence and I, I became a homeowner and I started listening to the radio and them talking about a refinance and I never knew what that was. So through my research, I'm constantly learning and growing and trying to figure things out on my own. Uh, I figured out what a refinance was. And um, one one particular year, it was a really good market. I wanna say maybe back in 03 where um, I bought my first house in 99, by the way. So okay. that house from in 99, is where I started from and I was able to refinance that primary residence. It was a little two bedroom brick home and I had had the property for, yeah, about five years, four four or five years because I got it in 99. I was able to refinance twice and I ended up with a total of $68,000 and the rest is history.
0: So you took that $68,000, reinvested it, used it to leverage other investments and you started growing from there.
1: Right? Exactly.
0: Yeah. So how many how many doors are you up to now?
1: Well, back then with that plan that I had, I ended up getting up to 50 doors of real estate. Wow.
0: That's amazing. Thanks. And and those were all just uh you were you those were single families, duplexes, uh rentals. What were your what, what was your investment strategy at the time?
1: Though there were mainly all duplexes at that time. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's perfect. So you were doing multifamily and duplexes. You know, I I love multifamily. We do a lot of multifamily syndication. And, you know, there's there's a lot more uh, security or risk management in numbers because the higher you go, um, even if you have a tenant leave, you still have another one still covering the mortgage. Even with a duplex, if one goes, you still at least have one remaining that will continue to pay if not you know at, at least a portion or half if not more of your of your uh rent or if your mortgage obligation or of your monthly obligation on the property and so uh i i do like uh multi for that reason and so uh you talked about you know the education side of it because i think that's one thing that a lot of people tend to be nervous about and i know actually going back i know that uh, now you, you you yourself now educate other investors or aspiring investors. I think you you know you having a, 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 a an inspiring uh, you know twenty thousand people in your in your Facebook group, and uh, and I know that you teach now. But going back to 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 the beginning. Um, You know, how were you educating yourself? What kind of tools were you going? Because I don't think, you know, now you find a lot of courses and a lot of resources. But I think back then, because I started back in 2002 myself, and there really wasn't the education component just really wasn't there. So how were you educating yourself at the time?
1: I'm going to be completely honest. I actually got on the Internet and i just continue to keep typing in searches about how to invest in real estate i do believe one of my main sources was youtube and i kind of just from that information i kind of taught myself because i was self-taught i didn't have any type of mentors or any of that and now come to think of it i had i had uh four units and three units and duplexes i i like you said i had a bunch of multiples going on Back then. And once I started garnering enough knowledge, I realized that that was the way to go. I even had uh, rooming houses. And I I mean, at one point I had a duplex where I actually was renting out the rooms and I was getting a gross rent amount of twenty four hundred dollars a month per duplex.
0: By the bed. Yeah. By the bed or by the room. And uh, yeah, I love that model. I'm actually doing that. One of our properties uh, that we were originally renting out as a vacation rental, but it happens to be in a college town here in Florida. And, uh, and now we since switched because obviously, as I'm sure, you, so I'm sure uh, many, many of the listeners know the, uh, airbnb you know short-term rental market is shifting a little bit so we decided to make that change and now we're renting it by the basically by the room as as college housing or, or student housing uh for the local university and now we're basically back to where almost what we were making at the height of the vacation rental market
1: That's- uh, so i love that
0: model i love that model um and so yeah, you know, when it comes to the education side, so uh, talk to me a little bit about the kind of things that you're doing now with the, the inspiring group that you have, because I know you're focusing primarily on on teaching other women to to empower them and do what, what, what you've done, what you've accomplished. And so can you tell us a little bit about that as well?
1: Okay, so to be honest with you, this all started from me helping everybody. But let me tell you what I found out, though. From me looking around and being on Facebook and being in these Facebook groups, you know, this is pretty much a male dominated profession when you start talking about real estate investing. And you know what? Hmm. I must say that guys can be pretty much of a jerk sometimes. (laughs) Because they think that women can't be in this arena and that we don't know what we're talking about but that's not at all true so that was what inspired me to create my own group and it's not group uh, it's groups uh, because i got about eight different groups oh wow Um, i have one i have a bird group a brr group okay and i have a group called the six month home buying challenge that's for uh for first timers And then I have one that's called Tomorrow's Credit Clinic. And I have some others, but those are some of the main ones that I have, but my big main group is top women in real estate. And in there, I not only just coach real estate investors, it's anyone in the real estate industry and just normal regular ladies who have maybe thought about getting into real estate in some type of capacity, and they are looking for information. So I, I have a little setup that I had going on where I have uh, Money Making Money Tips Monday, Trivia Tuesday, Webinar Wednesday, Thought Provoking Thursday, and Freestyle Friday. And then I believe I had like a small business Saturday and Speaker Sunday. So I have something going on when I when I can do it. Um, I try to stay consistent as I can. But for the most part, I'm teaching realtors because there's a lot of realtors that don't understand when you're in a down market or something similar to like what's going on now, they need to be doing other things that are real estate related so right. I teach them about other real estate related side hustles. You can have a side hustle, Uber, Lyft, you know, Grubhub. But I'm talking about real estate side hustles that are actually in this profession that they can do to tie into the real estate industry in a whole. And so I teach them how to become investors. I teach the realtors what they need to do as far as doing the refinance. I find out where they are first. And if it means that they have to buy a home first, I I take them from where they are. And I do individual coaching. I do group coaching. I do group training and one-on-one training depending on what it is that they want to learn. So, you know, if it is that they need lead generation techniques and all of this stuff is in my group, they can get out in the search feature. I've created live events for them. Um, I teach them on how to scale their real estate portfolios if they've already bought properties because here's one of the things that I hear from them. They say that Well, hey i have one or two properties but i don't know where to go from here you know i don't have any more money and that's where i come in and i strategize with them and come up with a plan of action to get them some additional money so that they can scale their real estate portfolios
0: yeah no absolutely i i love that you know uh we do some some very similar things i actually just had a conference uh last week uh by the same name blueprint to financial freedom summit and uh, we love uh, talking to other real estate professionals, uh, especially realtors, because obviously when we're talking real estate professionals, you know, there's a lot of different aspects to that. But, uh, but sometimes it's hard to, to get them to take off the realtor hat and put on their investor hat, right? And I, I, I can see it by your reaction that you know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, and so, you know, there's a couple of things that we teach, but, you know, what I found, at least in my personal experience, was, uh, you know, one of the lowest barriers of entry when it comes to real estate investing, just to start getting your feet wet is, you know, even though the wholesale side of it, where you're the principal, you're the one putting the property on the contract, essentially you're the buyer, and at the same time, you're also the seller by signing the contract or doing a double closing or whatever the case might be, whatever strategy you you apply or even doing a, a subject to financing where then eventually you know you can kind of pile on uh different strategies stack strategies on top of the other such as the bird method and so little things like this um so but again you know I, for me a lot of it has to do with that initial mindset of getting them to stop thinking as an agent and start thinking as a an investor who is the principal in the transaction as opposed to them representing someone else And so I I love that. I love that. And as far as capital, uh, one of the things that we also love, just real quick, I want to mention that I'd maybe love to talk to you some more about is we also show them how they can access through unsecured business lines of credit, um, you know, $100,000, $200,000 at 0% for the first year where they can then turn around. And how we talked about how you did when you refinanced, you know, leverage that money and start growing your portfolio that way and so i love i love talking about all these things i mean this is this is what i live for you know
1: when i tell you that you are on point with every single thing you just said that's the mindset that the majority of the ladies in my group have is and it's not just my group because i do belong to a myriad of different groups on facebook and what i see from them is they're not understanding how they can be the principal in the transaction and be The uh, investor in the transaction because they always are starting to feel like that they're taking advantage of their client when that's not the case at all. What we're trained to do, even as real estate professionals, is to help people solve their problems. And if that person is in a in a situation, then it's our job to try to get them out of that situation. And if you talk to a client and they say to you, "You know what, Tamara, I don't care what you do with the property, just let me get this." And what I mean by this is this certain amount of money. So if they're saying, I don't care what you do after that, then all you do is disclose and people don't, they don't take off the realtor hat and put on the investor hat to understand that you are still solving their problem One at the end of the transaction is happy. As long as you disclose what you're doing, there's no reason for there to be an issue with being the investor and the principal in the same transaction look i have been in transactions where i was the broker i'm the wholesaler i'm the lender and i walked away with properties free and clear in that same transaction
0: yeah yeah i love it i love it and it's like what you said you know i think that's also where the educational component comes in because a lot of times someone that may not understand the business they might say well uh, you know, reaction that I get a lot is, well, wholesaling is illegal or what, you know, being multiple, you know, parties in the same transaction is illegal. And so that's what everybody sort of defaults to. But I think with the educational component and you learn that there's a way to both legally and ethically do these types of transactions. And one of the biggest things, and you, you hit the nail right in the head is, Obviously disclosing your role in the transaction. But again, if you're offering a tangible benefit to the individuals, uh, at the end of the day, you know you're still helping them. and and as long as they're happy and and you have the right intention uh, you know to from the very beginning, then then and and you have the education to do it both legally and ethically, then there should be no problem. So so it's important to do because again, if you do it the wrong way, and you don't know what you're doing, you might make some mistakes that could land you in some hot water. But that's where the education that someone like you offers is uh, is is critical. It's critical to doing it. And I think once you start to become educated on it, you start to have that mental shift, that shift in mental paradigm where you're like, okay, now I can see how I can become the investor and not just the, the agent on the transaction. So Yeah,
1: because, because really what we should be doing in any of our contracts is simply just disclosing that hey i have a real estate license in the state of wisconsin and that's stated there and the next thing is saying that i'm the principal in this transaction and i'm representing myself as an investor correct that is the distinction that needs to be made between the two so that people are not all bent out of shape and everybody is all up in arms about you feeling like you can't ethically do this,
0: right? Because there's nothing preventing you from being the buyer. You just got to make sure that the seller knows that you're not representing the seller. You're not Mr. Seller or Ms. Mrs. Seller. I'm not representing you. <laughs> I'm representing myself because in this case, I'm the buyer. So basically if you don't already have a real, a real estate agent, then this is, you're doing a for sale by owner and I'm not representing you. I am only representing myself as the buyer in this case. And so that's, that's something that's important to keep in mind. Hi there investor. Den. I know you're enjoying the episode, but I have an important message I want to share with you. If you've been following the podcast for a while, then it means one of two things. One, you aspire to have it all. You want to unlock your potential across all areas of your life and achieve true freedom, physically, mentally, and financially. And two, you're an investor or an aspiring investor, and you have chosen to use passive income as your wealth creation vehicle to achieve financial freedom. Well, I have something exciting to share with you. We have put together an incredible resource called the Blueprint to Financial Freedom eBook. In this book, we will show you the same strategies that we've used in our own business to grow from an initial investment of only $1,000 to an impressive eight-figure portfolio with assets under management. In it, you'll discover how to acquire cash-flowing assets, how to generate six-figure passive income, and even how to access the capital you need to kickstart your investment journey. This ebook is packed with practical tips, step-by-step guidance, and real life examples that will empower you to take control of your financial future. And the best part, it's absolutely free. So take a moment to click the link in the description below and grab your copy of the Blueprint to Financial Freedom ebook. It's time to take charge of your financial destiny. We're excited to join you on this journey to financial freedom. Now. Let's get back to the episode.
1: But the other side of the coin is when you explain things, it's all in the way that you explain things. Because, like I just said, I have I have represented the seller. I have You're represented right. myself. I have represented end buyers, and everybody knew. So what it ends up being right. is just straight disclosure. Hey, look. I'm going to get this property under contract and I have an end buyer. If I decide that I'm not going to get it myself, I have a partner on the other end that I want to sell this to. If I don't get it, I have other investors that may give me money. It's all in how you bring it to them. So it doesn't look like it's something being a shady held over their head. The last thing I want to do is do a transaction where someone thinks that I've done something and I, had a similar situation like that and uh when it was all said and done, she ended up siding with me because it's like it doesn't matter what what type of money I made on this property because that same property that I sold for her to her for sixty five thousand a year later I turned around and sold it for one hundred and sixteen thousand for her so I gave you a great deal and people get hung up on how much money did you make but when it's all said and done i gave you a good deal
0: yeah yeah and that's something that we encounter all the time where you know they try to count you know the other side's money and say listen focus on what you're getting and is are your goals being accomplished are you receiving the tangible benefit that you that you expected that you were looking for at the beginning of the transaction if that's the case then don't worry about you know what the rest (laughs) of the transaction is going to be because ultimately there's a lot of sweat equity money, equity, financial, you know, all these other things that go into that, that if, if if they had the means to do it themselves, then by all means then go ahead and do so and maximize, you know, if you have to rehab it, if you have to invest 20, 30, 40K into it to be able to sell it at the max, um, at the maximum value, the, the ARV, the after repair value, then go ahead and by all means do so. But if you're right now in a distressed situation and, you know, what you need is an immediate, you know, uh, influx of capital and you need to sell now for xyz reason and i'm here to buy it from you then don't worry about what i'm going to do with it moving forward so a lot of people do have um, an issue with that they get a little hung up on it but uh, you know that's what another investor is going to come in and do anyway so why would you sell it and you know let's say on a hundred thousand dollar property if you have to split the commission with another investor you're making a three thousand dollar commission when you could have made a twenty thousand dollar spread on uh, you know profit as opposed to just the commission as the agent so uh you know I, I love that and again this is something that we that we talk about all the time so i love that we uh, that we see eye to eye on that um now another thing uh kind of going back into sort of the the real the realtor mode uh you have um, virtual real estate companies in four different states including florida which is where we're based um and um and I want to talk a little bit about that. How do you, so how does your operation work? How are you able to manage across multiple state lines? And and when you say virtual, what does that actually entail? Because, um, you know, I'd love to, i love to hear more about it.
1: So I, um, I have four real estate companies in four different states and getting ready to be a fifth, by the way. Oh,
0: Congratulations.
1: Thanks. So i am one who has always loved to travel and this was my way of being able to do that and i started watching the migration between all four of the states that i'm licensed in which are wisconsin georgia florida and illinois wisconsin is right next to illinois georgia is next right next to florida and they all Surround each other. It seems like a lot of people are going from Georgia to Florida. People are going from Florida to Georgia. People are going from Wisconsin to Illinois, Illinois to Wisconsin, and they just all mirror each other. So that's why I chose those four states because a lot of people ask that question too as well. Um, one of the reasons why I chose, and believe it or not, I opened two real the two real estate companies within three months of each other. Um, one of the reasons I did that is because it was kind of easy to get licensed in 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 um, Georgia. Um, their requirements are not they're they're not that bad. Um, with other places, you have to do everything, and you didn't have to. I didn't have to do that with Georgia. Georgia has reciprocity with any state except Florida. Oh. A little difference.
0: Yeah, Florida doesn't doesn't have too much reciprocity.
1: They yeah, they don't. They don't like. Yeah. And you, even with Georgia, they still make you do something. And I kept yeah. tangling with them for years of doing that. I chose the virtual route, which I call myself a mobile real estate broker. And the reason for that is because I'm saving on overhead. Why would I go out there and have four brick and mortar offices when I can meet you in the field? I can have a Zoom call with you like I'm having right now. And I'm out in the field showing houses, there was no need for me to have four brick and mortar offices. And I'll never forget, I had one agent on my Milwaukee team that um, unfortunately things didn't come together and I had to let her go. And she kind of poked fun at me and was ridiculing me, saying, well, you don't even have a real office. And soon after that, COVID-19 hit. So guess where she was? at home like everybody else so everybody i I got the last laugh because everybody ended at home ended up at home and with that being said with you not having those uh brick and mortar buildings I'm, i'm saving a ton of overhead and at first i got a little bit offended but then the more i thought about it she was like well you running your business from a facebook chat and i got offended and after a while i'm like well, yeah, I really am doing business from a Facebook chat. I say, and it's working. So, you know, I mean, how many jobs can you have where you can be at home running your business? And I mean, things and times have changed now because there are a lot of remote positions. You're now. ahead of the
0: you're ahead of the curve. I mean, you're look at ESP it. now, you know, they're they're huge and they're all remote. They don't have any brick and mortar.
1: And, so, and I mean, that's my point, but they but I was laughed at and pointed at and ridiculed told that you know i didn't really have a, a real business but that's not what the damn checks was saying
0: that's what matters <laughs> what
1: right i was going in so you can't tell me i don't have a real business so um and again one of the biggest reasons why i ended up this in this position is because again my son was misbehaving and i needed to try to find a more flexible schedule so after i became the investor Um, then I became a loan originator. I became a mortgage broker. Then the market crashed and I became a realtor. So I did have a little cheat sheet in there because once I had been working with those investors, when I was the loan originator and mortgage broker, what happened was, you know, they didn't want to work with a realtor. They just came to me, Hey, Tamara, where's your buyers? I just fixed up this property here. Do you have any buyers? Do you have any buyers? And they're like, look, tomorrow, I got a for sale by owner contract. Why don't you write this up? Hey, I'll pay you for doing this so I can save a little bit of money on the side and not have to pay the 6%. Okay, well, yeah, sure. It came like second nature. So to be honest with you, I really had a real estate license without having a real estate license. So when I got my realtor's license, I knew what I was doing already. So I go into this brokerage with 10 listings and everybody is scratching their head. I'm the talk of the office. They're wondering how the hell does this lady walk in here? A brand new realtor with 10 listings. They couldn't figure it out. They were afraid to ask. So all I was is just look talky talky, whisper whisper, but they didn't understand. I had a leg up because I was a loan originator turned mortgage broker and, and you were an investor before. first yeah
0: and i think that gives you an even bigger advantage because you did. don't have to it's easier to go from investor to agent than from agent to investor i've I've found uh, as, as we discussed so <laughs>
1: yeah so what happened in this instance is that even though those investors I, I had established such a strong rapport with these investors so when i did have to put on the realtor hat They said, you know what, Tamero, well, what the hell? We've got such a great relationship. I know you're a a realtor now, so forget it. I'm still going to work with you. So they still continued to send me business. And that's what had me taken off because that's my main niche is working with investors. So it worked out very well with that transition. And then shortly after that, that's when I became the real estate broker. So it was quite the jump from each profession and they all tie in together which leads me into the uh area of private lending because i did start a private lending company i do i have the one stop shop concierge service so i with the coaching mentoring and training i have the uh one stop shop concierge service where i help out of state investors to invest in all out of state so the problem, here, here's the problem, and I have the solution. The problem is people are in a market where it's too expensive. That barrier of entry is too large, it's too great. And, and that was the whole thing with that other lady I was telling you about that I helped. She knew she couldn't buy anything for 65000 in Rhode Island. And the pocket watching, that doesn't help your situation. So she couldn't buy it. I solved her problem and then I helped her sell that property. And she made good money off of the deal once she sold it. So that ties into everything that I do where I help with the management piece because these are out-of-state investors, realtors and real estate investors. Didn't realize that I had attorneys on my team that I found out later they were attorneys. They're buying real estate with me and I'm coaching and mentoring, training them. And they would tell me sort of towards the middle or the end. Well, yeah, I'm an attorney. And I'm like, well, not that I'm doing anything wrong, but I was just surprised that that many people had been paying attention and watching me, even from overseas. People are reaching out to me every day. People, I got a lady from Sweden just reached out to me with $434,000. And she now wants me to help her invest. She's paying cash. So you never know what may happen to you. While you're on social media, and you never know who's watching.
0: No, absolutely, and and I totally agree. And so uh, you know, it's funny you say that uh, regarding attorneys, because so I um you know I I come from a legal background. I have my juris doctorate, and I honestly never even wanted to practice. I I, I hate the whole courtroom decorum and all that stuff and i i literally only went to law school honestly for the knowledge of it and so i use it primarily in my business we've since uh, you know started a uh, a syndication fund uh, you know, we have, we have a few hundred doors, uh, you know, eight figure, uh, under, you know, portfolio of assets under management, we nice. raise a lot of capital. So we have to have, uh, you know, we have to be very careful with SEC regulations. And, you know, we deal with 506B and 506C offerings, and I'm sure you're familiar with all of these. And so, um, I guess what I'm getting at is that even when I was starting off, a lot of my friends from law school a lot of attorneys now are are my investors they and they all want to learn how to make passive income and and it doesn't even matter you know how much their billable hours are at some point Everybody gets tired of trading their time for money exactly. and they want to take that money and put it to work for them. And so that's one of the things uh, that, that we focus a lot on is, is that passive income component to it. It's also and, and, and we do, you know, through syndication, it's kind of a hybrid of the two because you're the principal in a larger group. You're part of the entity. You're getting a K-1. Uh, schedule, you're able to benefit from all the tax um, deducts, but you have someone else, basically the operator running it for you. And so you really are making passive income with all the benefits of being the owner. And it's a beautiful thing. So I have a lot of people that, that are doing that. As a matter of fact, we have one in Georgia. We have a, a, a 94 unit in Athens, Georgia, uh, near a, a UGA, uh, Class A 94-door multi uh, multifamily property that, uh, that we're finishing the raise on. Uh, which I would love to share more with you about, since you're in that market, maybe there's something we can we can uh, collaborate on with that as well. But um, but yeah, I, you know, again, if you think oh, someone's an attorney, they wanna, you know, it's and again, coming from that background, I'll I'll be the first to tell you, uh, attorneys don't know everything, they do not know it all. A lot of people they 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 like defer to an attorney, like uh like you know, you know. And that's just not the case. You know, there's experts in their field and there's partic- particular area of practice, but it doesn't mean that they know about everything else in life, right? And so, and so, you know, we're all regular people just like everyone else. And and again, you know, it's it's, 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 it's awesome that you said that because a lot of attorneys um, do understand that you don't know what you don't know and, and they're, they're willing to follow someone with the experience such as yourself. And so I love it. I love that.
1: Exactly. So this guy, I've done five transactions for him. He works at the Pentagon and he's a veteran. Okay. So not only did have I done five transactions with him all the time. I'm getting ready to do a, a sixth, seventh, and eighth. Now, these five transactions have been just this year. I did a bridge loan with him. I did a property acquisition with him after he got done with the bridge loan. He re he uh renovated the property. I did a cash out refi for him to pay back the renovation funds that we did with the lender. And then he turned around and gave me a couple of his free and clear properties, pulled cash out of one of those. I'm getting ready to pull cash out of another one. And he's getting ready to buy a new primary residence. So again, when I tell you that when you know what you know, people see that you know what you're talking about, these attorneys, doctors, you know, anybody who wants to scale themselves and he's into the airbnb space too as well and what he does is he actually is uh creating vet- veteran housing
0: it's beautiful so
1: he, he furnishes the places and he does the renting out of the rooms because it's sort of like what you talked about where there's a, a school that's nearby and the veterans have to go to school there so he just sets the places up and he just rents it by the room
0: and the beauty about that is you have to look at the the municipality that you're located in because they may have programs that that they offer where they're subsidizing. I mean, we're involved in another project in Clark County in Las Vegas. It's 233 units. It's a combined portfolio, but where they have a, they have a program that it's actually one umbrella program with, a, with about eight different programs within it that it's for, for veteran housing for. Um, um, you know, uh, abuse women uh, trying to um, transition out of a bad situation uh, for, uh, you know, people that are, are you know, kind of like halfway house or people that are trying to stay, keep keep them off the streets and, and prevent homelessness. So there's a lot of different programs where basically the, the county, the local government uh, could basically be paying your rent for you. Similar to Section 8, but, but Section 8 is not the only program. There's a lot of different programs uh with a lot of different benefits so so in that case with that particular uh investor of yours uh i don't know if he's already doing something like that but you see again it just comes with that level of of knowledge where you might be leaving money on the table where you know and providing an additional benefit to your tenants if they can receive some sort of government assistance where hey they're paying the rent for you they're happy you're happy and everybody wins
1: exactly
0: agreed Um, I love it. I love it. I mean, listen, Tamara, thank you so much for, for joining us uh, today. Um, I mean, the time has really, really flown by. I really want to connect offline. Um, okay. But if uh, if anyone wants to find you, they want to join one of your groups, they want to reach out to you to become an investor, to work with you, how can they find you?
1: If they go on my personal page under my first and last name, that's my main page that I stay on cracking jokes all the time. <laughs>
0: Okay. Is that on your Facebook page or is that, which page is that? Your it's Facebook? just my
1: regular Facebook page with my first and last name on it, Tamero Mutri, And you'll be able to find me on there. Like I said, cracking jokes and talking about real estate stuff and getting a little snazzy every now and then. But I have a great following and people are watching. And again, if there are any ladies watching, Top Women in Real Estate is the main group that I have where I'm doing everything in that group and I'm taking people by the hand and I'm showing them how to build their real estate portfolio. I'm back up the 41 doors after that market crash. I liquidated, started all the way over. But now this time around, I think at this point, I probably have a net worth around probably about 5 million. And I started that in 2018 so here I am.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. It's, it's that compounding effect. And uh, what I like to call the velocity of money, right? How okay. many times can I multiply this dollar and, and how fast? And so, okay. and this
1: this time, most of my properties are free and clear. I have very, I haven't had a mortgage in 19 years. I just got a mortgage in July. But before that,
0: that's amazing. 18,
1: 2018, 2018 to last year, I got back up to 41 doors. The last time that I did this, I had mostly mortgages. This time it was different.
0: There you go. You learn from your from your past experiences and you do a little bit better each time. Yeah, exactly. I go.
1: appreciate you having me on here. Let Thank me know if you, you ever want me to come back and talk about anything else. I'll be happy to do it.
0: Absolutely.
1: And connect offline.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. There you have it guys. If you want to learn from someone that's doing it, that, you know, that is, is where you want to be, that that's in a position that you want to get to. Uh, Tamero is the person to go to, you know, where to find her. Uh, thank you so much. And, uh, and we'll see you next time.
1: All right. Take care. Have a great day.
0: Take care. Thank you. Bye. bye. Hey there. Awesome. listeners to investor, Den blueprint to financial freedom podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to express our immense gratitude for allowing us to be a part of your journey towards becoming a successful investor and living your best life. If you found this episode valuable, please share with a friend who's interested in generating wealth through passive income and wants to achieve greatness in all areas of life. And if you really loved it, feel free to share it on your social media as a post or story. As a thank you, we have a special gift for those who help spread our message. And if you share this episode, simply send me a message on any of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, and let me know. You'll receive a special surprise as a token of our appreciation. And once again, thank you for being a part of our podcast family. Stay tuned for more episodes packed with valuable insights and strategies. Together, we'll unlock financial freedom and create a community of empowered individuals.